This is the happiest day of my life. Nothing could spoil it. Absolutely nothing. Dum de dum dum dum. Okay. Gun, check. Dollar sign bag, check. Power bar, check. All right, let's rob this bowling alley? Okay, whatever. All right, totally. Gloria? Snake? I thought you were in prison. I was. I told the guard that I was going out for a pack of cigarettes, then I totally stabbed him. Hmm, <laughs> you're looking good, baby. Why did we ever break up? You pushed me out of a moving car? The cops were chasing us. I needed to lighten the load and um, protect you. Ha <laughs> ha. Come on, baby. We can talk more at my hideout. Uh, no, I'm engaged now. <gasps> my ring? Let go of her, or I'll scream. Kalukale, ah! ah! we're in luck. They had a magnum at the shoe counter. Now for... Gloria? A ring. <gasps> well, she's run off. <gasps> With Simpson. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode CABF18. It is a hunker hunker burns in love. I am Dando. I am Guy. Pleasure to be here. Dando may screw me over on this later. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is we're trying a bit of an experiment tonight. We are doing this via Zoom. I'm actually looking at Dando. He's looking at me. Considering we haven't done this in the same room for better part of a year, mm. uh, it's a, it's an interesting experiment. Uh, Dando, of course, looks thoroughly professional and charming. I'm lying on my bed like Homer doing boudoir photography, so it's or or, or, or George Costanza doing that boudoir photography. It's not exactly sexy, and it's certainly not professional. But um, we're taking a few great leaps forward with the show, which hopefully you will uh, all be privy to in uh, the coming weeks. Or months, hopefully weeks, maybe not months. I just think we've got so many subscribers here on the YouTube channel, and we barely put any content on, on there for the subscribers. So it's about time we do. And honestly, you—I so sent you a message this afternoon saying, "Let's start doing it via Zoom. Let's record tonight's podcast, chuck it up on YouTube." And you went, "No, no, 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 no! I'm in the bedroom. I don't want to do it. Don't want to do it." I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> people would tune in for Guy Davis's live recording from his bedroom because it looks pretty yeah. neat and tidy in there. It's all angles at the moment. I mean, you're not seeing the the piles of clothes and the uh, pornography and the, the the all that other good stuff. No, no, no. Okay, rest assured, four finger discount, friends and fans, that in the future you'll be seeing us as well as hearing us. Yes. Oh that is God, right. why? Hunka Hunka Burns and Love. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love this episode. Maybe it's because the quality of the show has dropped a bit in recent times with a few episodes, but I just thought this was. A fantastic Mr. Burns episode. Swartzwilder clearly had an absolute ball with the lingo of Mr. Burns throughout this. Yes. I thought I really appreciated the lingo. But what I liked the most about it was that usually you get a Mr. Burns episode and there's those ones where you know he you think he's going to be good and then the rug gets pulled out from underneath you and he goes evil again. Like uh, when he mm. does the little Lisa slurry with Lisa and things like that, when you think he's going to be recycling and whatnot, you know, he, he becomes evil by the end of it. 
He doesn't become evil by the end of this. He's just a guy I love. He's actually a legitimate hero at the end. He bursts into this house on fire to save Gloria and obviously gets screwed over by Gloria in the end. She falls back in love with Snake. But I just thought Mr. Burns was actually really good in this. <laughs> well, look, I am going to lie and say, oh, this is a fantastic episode. Look, I thought it was fine. I don't think it was great. I got uh, one or two good laughs out of it, certainly. But I certainly see where you're coming from. It's a, uh, it's a nice sort of change of place for Mr. Burns, who is traditionally the arch villain of Springfield. And uh, we've had peaks beneath the, uh, the crusty, wrinkled exterior to reveal the small, wrinkled, but still beating heart uh, beneath it all. But I think this was probably the... The first time, certainly in my memory, that, yeah, we've seen the well and truly um, romantic side of the man. It, it was interesting to watch. It would, and, and, and you're right, it was fun in terms of the lingo that he uses, the way he relates to people. I mean, I think they actually say his age in this episode. It's probably completely incorrect and a, and a wild guess. But I think I've got a bit of a soft spot for um, characters out of time as well, given that I feel very out of the zeitgeist these days. <laughs> There's just there were so many terms that he uses in this that I thought... A, Mr. Davis is going to appreciate it. But I just think old man Burns, I mean, obviously he's 104, as they say in this episode, like you just mentioned, but <laughs> when he uses terms and references people from, you know, 100 years ago, I just think it's just so, so funny. But I also think that Julia Louis-Dreyfus was really great in her role here. What I liked about her appearance was that she's your classic Simpsons guest appearance where she's playing a role. You don't necessarily know it's her, but she's doing a great job of it. And because mm. what happens now is, particularly these days, if they get a guest to appear on the show, they quite often are just making a cameo for the sake of making a cameo. Here, she was yeah. given a character to play a role, and she did it perfectly. I thought she was, she made the character of Gloria, she seemed like such a great person to hang out with, like a really cool chick. She did seem like a uh, like a cool lady indeed, didn't she? I found her relationship with uh, with Monty actually kind of sweet. You could tell that she wasn't really sort of that into it begin with and maybe just sort of going along with it to be nice. But, uh, yeah, the more and more time they spent together, the, it was clear that there was a bond developing and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, by the end, it was look not wholly unexpected that she would go back to her former partner, but uh, you felt a little um, twinge in the heart <laughs> as a result. You could see the moment his heart ripped in half, yes. <laughs> I even enjoyed the setup of this. I thought the setup was enjoyable. Quite often now they'll waste, I think it might have been last week or the week before, they wasted waste like five or six minutes of the episode on stuff that, it was, was last week, it was Home of the Mo, where Bart mm. was digging the hole and it felt like they wasted so much time with the episode on something that didn't even matter. Now, I know the Homer writing the fortune cookie notes didn't really play too much into the story. It set up the story because Mr. Burns read the fortune, but still, yeah. I thought that little three or four minutes was actually really enjoyable. Homer was good at something and I always love when Homer has a new hat. When he had that pyramid hat when he was doing the um the fortunes. But what was good was mm-hmm. I really liked when he came up with the one that Mr. Burns reads, You Will Fall in Love on Flat on what day, day is it? Flag Day, is it? Flag Day? Flag Day. Yes. Yeah. But it's just a passing comment. It's like a passing joke. Oh, yeah. And then later in the episode, Mr. Burns actually reads it and actually sets up the story, but you don't realise it at that point. But yeah, I just thought off. Homer was actually good at something. And yeah, I always enjoy when Homer's good at something. Look, I've got to say, I know you dug the opening five or so minutes of this. It was rough going for me, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I know we've sort of talked a bit about changing mores and political correctness and all that kind of stuff on the show. And it's not something we, we like to dwell on. But honestly, I mean, one of the first gags out of the gate that I saw here was um, Toys L Us in Chinatown as opposed to Toys R Us. I'm like, ooh, man. Like I visibly winced. Uh, we are off to a rocky start here, baby. And all the way through, I mean, the dragon gag was was 
Yeah, that's funny. Actually, not too bad. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. Well, you don't, you don't expect it. That's what was good but about it. The whole that. thing in the uh, in the Chinese restaurant as well, exotic foods that uh, you know were obtained by cruel means and all that kind of stuff. And then you know you've got China bashing and Woody Allen. What a combo! I know, right? Oh my god! <laughs> Who was played by Dan Castellano? But what I thought was the most cringy for me. Well, I didn't. It didn't bother me, but I thought the most moment was when. Burns goes, sorry, me, you know, speaky Chinese. I was like, Ooh. oh, yeah, I think I wrote it. <laughs> I've written it. Holy shit, me, no speaky Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I always get a laugh out of on certain American hit sitcoms when someone wants to get out of a conversation, they'll say, like, uh, no harbour inglaze or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, what's the difference? But then I think, you know, normally when someone's saying, oh, no harbour inglaze, they're doing it in such an American accent that, like, well, of course, no one's buying Yeah, it. yeah. I'll tell you what this reminded me of, though, and it's a real WTF moment. In an increasingly loved um, 90s movie, you know the, mm. you know, Demolition Man, the Stallone yes, movie? yep. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit in it where Wesley Snipes has been thawed out into this um, very genteel, very politically correct world of the future. It's not unlike today. And he walks past, like, a, a trio of people who are wearing, like, kimonos or sort of... Asian garb that's been, you know, sort of modified for, for the West or whatever. And he just, he just looks at him and goes, ching, 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 chong, chong. Like, <laughs> I know, it's not good, is I it? I honestly went, what the fuck, Wesley? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you hear jokes like that now and go, I know I laughed at that once, but at least yeah. I know not to laugh now. <laughs> sort of, yeah. I mean, to- Toys L Us. I mean, when, when, when this episode aired, this episode aired in 2001. I'm 2001. Sure was, nearly 2002, yeah. Pretty sure that was some hack shit back in the 80s. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, look, I'm, I'm trying not to be a complete killjoy here, but yeah, it just sort of, it seemed a bit, wow, you, you're still pulling this stuff. But then I remembered, I mean, uh, thinking about all this, I was thinking back to the late 90s, and it was very sort of in vogue for Hollywood to be kind of pro-Tibet and therefore anti-China. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, I think, yeah, definitely in the late 90s, you had movies like um, Kundun, which is Martin Scorsese's sort of biography of the Dalai Lama. You had a film called Seven Years in Tibet with Brad Pitt that was talking a lot about uh, life in Tibet and how you know China was kind of subjugating it and persecuting that nation and all that. And I think Hollywood's very... Hey, man, China, lay off Tibet until they realised, hey, wait a minute, we can make a shit ton of money in China. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my favourite. So what was your favourite moment from the episode? I'll tell you my favourite moment. I think it was when Mr Burns was trying to pick up, was it Monocle Monocle Lady? Yes. Or what was her name? Uh, Well, I I never lady. (laughs) Well, well, I never lady, of course, thank you. Uh, And turns his back to get her a Thomas Collins, which I appreciated the phrase Thomas Collins. Goes back and she's scooting out with money bags. What a player! <laughs> or penny bags. I didn't. I didn't realize that the guy from Monopoly yeah. actually had a name. Yeah, yeah. So it's Uncle, Uncle Penny Bags and Mister Monopoly, depending on where you're from. But also a Scrooge McDuff reference there as well. There was, yeah. But that's, that's just like that's like classic old man talk. There where he goes between penny bags and Scrooge McDuck, all the good ankles taken, all the good ankle. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed, and I know it's a little bit on the nose, but put my hand on her knee. I said her and knee. (laughs) (laughs) See, with that, I was pulling like a uh, traditional dando, like, that's not logical. (laughs) (laughs) Knee doesn't sound anything like presumably where his hand was. It was also really good, the um, 
the Mr. Burns with the aphrodisiac, Homer with the aphrodisiac, and just I hope the kids didn't hear. And then Flanders, wow. That was, <laughs> I, I liked that a lot, actually, mainly because it was like it was like the Owen Wilson wow. It was my, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> and the other favourite part for mine was the Mr. Burns and Homer trying to convince Gloria to go on a date with him. They succeed. And then Homer with a pie. What, what the? Because he says, Chubsy, there's a pie in it for you. Cut to Homer with a pie. Where do you get it from? Over on the, over on the windowsill. That's, that's classic Schwarzwalder. <laughs> yeah. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Alrighty, we're back. It is time for some trivia, Mr. Davis. Uh, would you like to kick off this week or shall I? I think it should be you. You know what I like about this? You just pointed and I saw it. <laughs> so my first question here for A Hunk of Hunk of Burns and Love is shark butt on the menu was in between which two meals on the menu? How the hell am I supposed to know that? <laughs> It was, a, it was on the screen for like two seconds. I'm like, I'll get him. You won't answer this one. <laughs> you got me for sure. I have no idea. So, yeah. I'm, I... Th- think of think of iconic. If, you, if an Australian goes to a Chinese restaurant, what, are, what do they usually order? Uh, uh, lemon chicken and... Uh, Nailed it. In... Lemon chicken. That's the... <laughs> Lemon chicken and beef in black bean sauce? It's lemon chicken and chow mein. Well, I say chow mein. Some say chow mein, but chow mein. I don't, know, I don't know anyone who says chow mein. It's chow mein. Really? Or chow no, mein. No, a person at work said chow mein the other day, and they told me I was wrong for saying chow mein. I went, Did you Did you okay. slap him? Did you, <laughs> did you tell them to go fuck themselves? <laughs> I totally should have. Uh, what's your first question, sir? Uh, my first question. What should Woody Allen be doing rather than writing fortune oh, uh, fortunes? This is going to annoy me because it's on the tip of my tongue. I should be... Popsicle sticks? I, I should be marrying my stepdaughter. No, actually... <laughs> <laughs> First of all, let's clarify. She was never his stepdaughter. And secondly, uh, I, I should be writing riddles on popsicle sticks. That was played by Dan. Not a bad, not a bad Dan effort. Dan did a very good Woody Allen, but Woody Allen is, is both easy and fun to do, I've found. Mm, yeah. I, I, I certainly enjoy doing Woody Allen in all manner of ways. <laughs> <laughs> even, even your face changes when you're doing it. Well, you know, you've got to... You find that you you have to move your hands when you do it. <laughs> My second question is, how much did Burns' Chinese food cost? Oh. When the guy delivers it at the door. I think I missed that part. I, def- I definitely missed that, well, that part. Well, that's, that's what he says, me no speak of Chinese. So it's $14.12. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. I'm sucking at trivia this week. And you, on the other hand, are ruling at trivia this week. Or coming up with cool questions, at least. Uh, tell me about... This is my next question. Mm-hmm. Monty Burns's youthful pastimes that he enjoys, that he talks about. Oh, when, when on he's the, on the. Um, oh shit! So one is, you've got to be correct with exactly what he says. Oh, I won't be able to get the first one. It's motor, motor. I won't get the first one. I know it's like the, he sees the the dodging cars, but I don't know what the term is. But I know the second one is. Is it collecting dog waste? Collecting dog waste, yes. Yeah, and also the first pil- piloting motor coaches. Motor coaches. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Collecting dog waste. <laughs> what else? See, that's what what was good about this was Burns was clearly in love, and he was actually putting in effort. Oh not yeah, because he was hours. trying to. I mean, he obviously wanted to date this woman. That's like that was his goal. But it wasn't like he's he had an end game that was like evil. He just really liked this person and wanted her to like him back. It was, it was really good. I just really appreciated this story. I just it, I don't know what it was about it that just hit me a right the right chord. But I just really liked this episode. Anyway, what's your next question? You old softy. Is it your next question or mine? Oh, it's mine. Sorry. Yes, mine. What did Mr. Burns call his car 
when he was on the news. He said they drove off in my. He called it a Bugatti Sexarosa. Yes, yeah, Sexarosa. <laughs> hey, that was one of my questions as well. But luckily, oh, I've, got okay. one, I've got one more in the uh, in the. In All the righty, pocket. what do you got? Hit me. Okay, which percentage of the uh, channel? For God's sake, what what channel is the news on? Is it Channel Six? Channel Six. Which percentage of the Channel Six readership think she's a skank? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven percent. Bang 37%. on, man. She's a skank. <laughs> I just love the way he said that. It's such like a a Today Tonight kind of thing, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. yeah 37% say, she's a skank. Anyway, all right. Just, so just the way that Kent really steers into yeah. that. 37% said, she's a skank. Also, how good was Brockman's moment where he's like, I know you've just been through a hell of a lot, but can you stand in front of this burning building and say, Channel 6 is hot, hot, hot? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys, that is trivia. We'll be right back with our full review of A Hunker Hunker Burns in Love. Four Finger Discount is brought to you by our incredible $20 patrons. Jordan, Mole Man, Richie, Noah, Daniel, our new $100 patron. Shout out to your brother, Blaze. Happy birthday, my dear friend, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Malion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Davey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Belson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James, bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, George McManamy, Zach Pruitt, Jonathan Rossi, Adam Sanderson, Stephen Roberts, Seth Weens, Daniel Kotnick, Ali Jamie, and the iconic June fucking Richards. You guys are all absolute champions. And also shout outs to our new $5 plus patients for the week. Stephen Campbell, Matthew Wilkins, James Proctor, Joseph McCann, and Daniel Lynch. Don't forget, if you want to get early access to this show, as well as all of our other podcasts, access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, including our Four Finger Discount, Revisited Classics each month, as well as monthly Zoom calls with Guy and myself, you're just going to be a Four Finger Discount patron at patreon.com slash discount for as little as $1 per month. But for now, enjoy our review of A Hunker Hunker Burns in Love. The original air date for A Hunker Hunker Burns in Love was December 2nd in the year 2001. Almost in the year 2002 now. So the chalkboard gag was fun does not have a size. I like that. And the chalk gag's been pretty good lately. I will give them that. Mm-hmm. Putting more effort into the chalk gags than the actual storytelling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so the couch gag was the one where they're dressed as convicts and they all tunnel their way up onto the uh, to the couch. Fairly appropriate, given this is a snake-centred episode. Yes, that's true. The episode kicks off with the family visiting Chinatown, and there's a lot of, as we discussed, a lot of like moments in this. Jokes. But I did enjoy the real dragon. Just came out of nowhere. It's very funny. They get to the restaurant, and we get the... They do this gag quite a lot in The Simpsons, ordering food, Marge saying, hey, that's inappropriate, and then going, oh, no, this is actually on the menu. And she's like, oh, they've done that numerous times. But Bart orders the sharp butt. Lisa wants the feast of 12 delights with triple happiness sauce. I'm, I'm glad you wrote that down because it was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to remember that and I can't be bothered rewinding to, to write it down. But I did write down the punchline. Which, how is that? Very disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I did find that this one here, this episode, I was writing down a lot more quotes than usual. I don't know why, but I just thought mm. there's a lot of one-liners that really tickled me, and I had to make sure that I got the, the quotes right. So then we have the waiter saying, would you like the bee bellies or the cat noses? Can I kill a creature? Playing on the fact that, yeah, we don't have to get into it. It's just mm. not a very By the way, um, yeah, this, uh, this is George Takai? George Takai is the waiter, yes. yeah, Voicing this waiter. I mean, got a lovely voice, George Takai. Oh, it's amazing. 
Fun fact, George Takai, actually Japanese-American, not Chinese. Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like their go-to celebrity voice for when they go to an Asian restaurant of some kind. Oh, he's voiced, my. He, yeah, he's voiced many characters. Is that where you get it from? Because you say, oh, my, a lot. I reckon you lifted oh, it from George Takai. Oh, my, yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> it's just, it, it, he puts in everything. He's, oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> But if you had a voice like that, why wouldn't you, you know? Oh, yeah, I got you. So then it's kind of racist for the playing up there, the fact that they eat cats and things like that. Then Homer reads out his fortune. Geese can be troublesome. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Oh, fortune means geese cause problems. Well, I knew that before I came in here. A guy outside told me that. Every house has a bathroom. Oh, these fortunes are terrible. Is there a problem? These fortunes are terrible. These fortunes are terrible. Was there a reason, do you think, like, obviously the joke was that they just play the same audio twice. They've never done that before. I just thought it would just sort of caught me off guard. I was like, ah. Was it exactly the same audio? I swear it was the exact same audio. Or maybe it was just Dan saying the exact same line twice, as close as possible. But just felt like they were playing the same audio twice. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know why they'd do that. But anyway, so he tells the manager he could do a better job. Manager doesn't believe him, and Homer proves his point. <laughs> what is it? You will be aroused by a shampoo by a sh- commercial. By a shampoo commercial. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was actually... That's not bad. <laughs> I'll wait till after the uh, we've recorded this episode, but I was going to put up on the patrons page. You may be too young for this, Dando, but there was an ad... Decoray? Uh, on a, de, yeah, the Decoray ad with... De, I was de, about to say. De, de, de Decoray. And, yeah, a bunch of very good-looking people in the um, in the yeah. shower. Uh, shampoo you don't get to, my head. Oh, yeah. One woman getting very suggestive with the decor bottle. Oh, really? Oh, goodness, yeah. Oh, my. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll track it down on YouTube because I've actually watched a bit on YouTube. Don't ask me why. Our friends can uh, see for themselves that you, you too can be aroused by a shampoo commercial. It was a play on... They used the, the tune from Duke of Earl. The old school they song. did. Duke of Earl. Earl, Duke Earl. Earl. Yeah, it's great. One of my favourite commercials from when I was a kid. So memorable. Oh, wh- it worked a treat. Everyone yeah. was buying decor, eh? <laughs> oh, man. I feel like, well, obviously, I don't watch much free-to-air TV anymore because of streaming services and things like that and downloading. But I feel like there aren't many commercial jingles like that anymore, you know, that just stick in your head. Not really, no. I mean, um, the lovely Louise and I were watching a bit of maths last mm-hmm. night, a bit of Married at First Sight because, well, we'd all caught up on 90 Day. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I mean, I was watching ads going, hmm. Yeah, I guess they're slick and stylish and all that, but uh, yeah, there's no real sort of catchy jingles or earworm catchphrases that are making anyone go, ooh, yeah, oh, I'm thinking of that now. Yeah, yeah, there's no 13, 30, 32. <laughs> no parts pieces or whatever. So. <laughs> parts pieces, that's, that is the best. That is my favourite of all time. Anyway, all right, so back to the back ep- to it, Homer's done yeah. the shampoo arousing fortune, and we enter the writer's room. As we said, Dan's impersonation of Woody Allen is just absolutely spot on, isn't it? I loved it. I thought it was just fantastic. <laughs> now, was the guy who had the frown as your umbrella, was he a play on anybody? Because I couldn't find anything. I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, um, I don't think he was like any one of like Woody Allen's sort of joke writing contemporaries from uh, from back in the day. And honestly, I couldn't tell if he was... I couldn't tell from the uh, from the animation of the, of the look on the animation or mm. the voice whether this character was meant to be Asian or not. Because it's sort of... Occasionally, he had kind of an Asian tinge to the voice, but they didn't really look Asian. I mean, maybe they'd just been in that room so long they'd got to sort of pick something up, but 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think Arridge was meant to be anyone specific. But the way he was highlighted, it just sort of felt like he had to have been a play on somebody. You know, he, just, he stood you out would, so much. You would imagine that, yeah. But, I mean, uh, honestly, no one sprang to mind. And you did your research. They clearly didn't sort of... Oh, if he's modelled on anyone, they, uh, they didn't make it public. Let's see. You will invent a humorous toilet lid. You will find true love on Flag Day. Your store is being robbed, Apu. Are you getting all this, Lisa? I don't know. Homer is now coming up with ideas at his house, and he's just that hat just got me. I love it. Cool. <laughs> either he's, Homer's either wearing a, a hat that suits the career he's doing, or he's got the flag. <laughs> well, you're the hat person, I'm the flag person, so there we go. I wish he had have had a flag that said fortunes. That would have been the best. <laughs> <laughs> or one that says, like, ancient Chinese wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> And this is where he says that you'll fall. What does he say? You'll fall in love on Flag Day. Find your true love. Then the someone is trying to rob you, a poo or something like that. <laughs> and Lisa's using the. I'm assuming a Chinese typewriter of some kind. I'm guessing as such, yeah. Which, uh, honest to God, looks thoroughly intimidating. Yes, it really does. Yeah. So Homer is then at the restaurant, just overhearing different people reading out the fortunes that he's put together, and he's just brightening people's day, isn't he? He's good at his job. Ooh. Lenny, well, Lenny here a bit arrogant. I'm a real winner. Man, man, he's really nailed me. Like, yeah. And my winning ways. You don't want people to know where you live. You're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get sea captain. Uh, you're going to sea voyage. I'll enjoy that. <laughs> now it is time for Mr. Burns to have his Chinese food delivered. And we get the, sorry, me not speaking Chinese. $14 and 10, 11, 12 cents. There you go. You know, sir, tipping is customary. Ooh, me sorry, me no speaky Chinese. Mm. Oh, General Gao, you're a bloodthirsty fool, but your chicken is delectable. Ooh, this cookie feels heavy, as if there's some paper inside. Nice job, sir. That was my thumb. Yeah, there seems to be some sort of communique. It's your fortune, sir. Capital. You will find true love on Flag Day. Why, it's Flag Day today. It... <gasps> true love at last. Well, it's just you and me here, sir. No time for jokes, Smithers. Come along. We're going womanizing. Oh, goody. Smithers sort of plays on, you know, computer. That's one thing, actually, while we're on this moment. Mm-hmm. Smithers is forgotten about in this episode. We get him here, sort of sad that Burns isn't going to fall in love with him. Mm-hmm. And then we get him annoyed that he finds Gloria and he says, here's a place to get a petticoat. petticoat. And that's it for Smithers. He's done. Yes. Sort of, they, replace, they replace Smithers with Homer. They do, but the payoff or, or the trade-off is that you get the image that is um, behind one of my favourite memes of the moment. <laughs> Smithers getting a standing lap dance essentially and just not enjoying I it. forgot how funny that was that moment. It is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I actually pegged that to be your favourite moment. I'm surprised it wasn't. Oh, I did. I I know we're not sending this out to the world, but I'm going to hold up my notes for a moment, and you'll see that certain things yeah. are highlighted. The green parts 
Yes, uh, are, my, are my favourites. And yes, it's um, I've got penny bags, but underneath that, origin of that great Smithers meme. So, <laughs> it's just, it's just well, we'll discuss it when we get to it because there's more I want to say, but it's so, so good. Yeah. So Smithers gets shut down. Oh, goody. Mr. Burns is going to go find some love, go womanizing. They're at the party talking to the well, I never woman. <laughs> and he's, what's he saying? I, I foreclosed the mortgage and I took her cats. He's <laughs> 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 just an, an evil old man. They're having a great time, but then he turns his back to get her a drink, comes around, penny bags is gone. She pulls a um a little Bo Peep on him. So, you know, little Bo Peep in Toy Story, she's all about Woody, then Buzz all of a sudden oh. flies around the room. She's like, Ah fine, my moving buddy. She just she, <laughs> she, she, she goes wherever whoever can fly. But um anyway, so yes, yeah, she she leaves with uh, Uncle Penny Bags and Mr. Burns is not impressed with that at all. They then go to the strip club. How great was this? So it's one of those nude female fire stations. I'll always be second fiddle to a kitten stuck in a tree. I love that line. <laughs> what I enjoyed even more was just at the start of that. It was just one of those. It was perfectly timed as well. The sign says girls, girls, girls. I imagine there's some girls in here. <laughs> It's so good. That again is classic Swartz World. That's what I mean. There's so many moments like that, and a really neat little pause, you know, between (laughs) checking out the sign, brain ticking over. There'll be girls in here. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. Perhaps there's some girls in here. Great heavens! It's one of those nude female fire stations. I'd always be second place to some kitten stuck in the tree. Let's go, Smithers. Smithers? Ah! 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 How great was the acting from Harry here? <laughs> ah. It was so, so good. But you're right. That's like the best meme ever, isn't it? <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, it's so versatile. I mean, I don't think a day goes by on social media, particularly Twitter, where someone mm. has just fashioned that into a... um commentary on the on the issue of the day or whatever it's 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 great and seeing it live um or see, yeah, seeing it the way god intended for the first time in a very long time was was a bit of a hoot well i forgot where it came from yeah you always you see that screenshot and you think oh, it's a later episode simpsons but then when it just came out of nowhere here i just went ah oh, it's in a good episode as well so i can <laughs> appreciate it even more <laughs> anyway <Yeah. laughs> so burns is about to give up and this, this next part here, so Nick, it's funny, so Nicola was watching this with me, and I'm not going to lie, in recent times, I'm almost embarrassed to watch the episodes with Nicola, because some of them mm. are really cringeworthy and whatever, but Nicola was watching this, and she was laughing a lot, she was really enjoying it, and then we had Burns saying, that officer's going to give me a ticket, and he's parked right in the middle of the street, Nicola thought that was just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> just the reveal that he's just parked in the middle of the street, it's such a Burns thing to do. So, it's, it's a good reveal, though, that it's actually a, a female cop. And this is the introduction to, to Gloria. So here, Burns is about to have a go at it before he realizes it's a female. Listen here, Flatfoot. <laughs> Again, with the lingo. So, so good. What do you think of the line, you can lift my wiper any day? I, like, I, did, I did take note of this. I mean, it's a, <laughs> one of those things that, you know, is not dirty on the, no. uh, on, on the surface of it. But the more but you it think is. about it, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But coming from Burns, I'm just like, wow. Like, like it's... Burns was very unburns in this. He wasn't very Burns-like, but a mm. joke like that, I think, is perfect for a show like The Simpsons because it's a joke that sounds funny to a kid, even though they don't really know what it means, but the adult knows what it means and they can laugh at it as well for a different reason, which yeah. is like the perfect, the perfect gag, really. Yeah. If you try and explain why it's dirty or why it's kind of, quote-unquote, adult, you really can't. 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can sort of say, uh, I guess he's talking about his dick. But... Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 but then, but then the person can say, "I oh, get your mind out of the gutter." That's not what he means. But it's like, no, yeah. that's what he means. <laughs> yeah, it's, the best jokes like that have always got plausible deniability. It's like, yes, <laughs> yeah. Is it still flag day? For 12 more seconds, sir. Uh, miss, would you submit to a wooing by a gentleman caller? Oh, I'm sorry, but you're really not my... Uh... <laughs> well, okay. Oh, Fred, just did She said yes! He'll pick you up at seven. Wear a petticoat. Petticoat? Here's a place at Ransom. We come back from commercial. The family are all having dinner. So, Marge here. It's very Marge, but... I just can't stand seeing a man single. I'm like, this is very 2001. It's it's old-fashioned in 2001 as well. Yeah, but it's it's very Marge as well. And I mean, it's not necessarily even everyone's got to conform to social mores. Marge just doesn't want anyone to be lonely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. She she means there's no malice behind it. She She just wants everyone to be happy. It's about time Mr. Burns found a woman. I can't stand to see a man single. Some people enjoy being alone, Mom. No, everyone should be paired up. It wasn't meant to be. So then what happens, Mr. Davis? Can you remember? They go to the fair? I'm throwing you under the bus here. <laughs> so yeah, throwing you under the bus. Go to the fair. <laughs> my, my, no, my notes are not comprehensive. <laughs> I mean... Um, <laughs> I, try, I, I rely on you to sort of give us the linear structure of the episode and I'll occasionally go, that part was good. I call all the letters and you solve the puzzle. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> I, am, I am Guy by a Val Davis. That's me. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Burns is explaining how, you know, he's never dated anybody with original hair and teeth before. Did you notice a little quick gag where he actually looks with the magnifying glass? <laughs> To make sure they're real. Oh, by the but way, I did. Like, I did get it yeah. right, didn't I? They, they've gone to the. They've gone to the fair. They've gone to the. You were right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You nailed it. Of course, of course, it was <laughs> genius. So I like the way they put the spit on it. So the way he always goes, excellent. But she sees it as a positive outlook on life. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. Everything's excellent. You're so upbeat. You think everything's excellent? Yeah. They're now on the Ferris wheel, and Gloria asks, "You know, what are you into?" And we get your trivia question: the, uh, the piloting That's motor coaches cool. and collecting dog waste. So then they arrive back home and Mr. Burns wants a second date. She's not overly keen. What's he suggest? Uh, go grousing, sing whilst he does the clavichord. He plays the clavichord or something, yeah. He has wonderful all, all dreadful, dreadful images suggestions. of the Crimean War. <laughs> Crimean, yeah. And Gloria says, you know what, it's just the age difference is probably just not going to work. Now, I've read on the wiki page, I believe, that they really wanted a way to incorporate Homer into this story. It wasn't a very... Well thought out. It was just, oh, Homer's just going to be running down the street chasing after something. <laughs> it wasn't elegantly wedged in, no. Not at all. I mean, what, what did he say? The dog, what's the dog got? His gum or something? Oh, I mean, admittedly, that's a pretty good gag. Hmm. Something like that. That's just, yeah. It's just, they, they needed Homer <laughs> the there, so Homer was there. And now Homer's in the story. Basically, he needs Homer to explain to Gloria, now this guy, you know, he's virile, he's full of life, he's not an old man at all. She buys it mm-hmm. because Mr. Burns offers him some pie, so he goes along with it. And he's just over the moon, and we get Homer with what the pie. What do you say? Something about Chubsy. Yeah, listen up, Play Chubsy. Chubsy. A, listen up, Chubsy. Pie a pie. There's a pie in it for you. <laughs> I feel like if someone called me Chubsy, I'd be very sad. Oh, God, yeah. It's, have you remember the episode where Burns, he says something. I'm not Mr. Burns, our Grandpa. He's, it's the Flying Hellfish episode, and Grandpa's doing a talk in Bart's class. And he says something, and Martin laughs. He says, what are you cackling at, fatty? 
too much pie. That's your problem. <laughs> oh, man, one of my favorites. So Homer is now trying on new underpants and everything, and Marge is a little curious. Marge is actually kind of mean, but not in an overly mean way here. She's like, oh, i got to be careful. She might fall in love with you, and then laughs as if that would ever happen. But Homer believes her and goes and gets his old underwear that would stop Joan Collins in her tracks. Collins. Yes. What's the hate with Joan Collins? Why are they hating on her for? I know. I mean, if we're in 2001, I mean, Joan Collins is well past her heyday. Was she someone that was like, had that reputation in her heyday or? I think she was a bit of a sex pot back in the, uh, was she, back okay. in the, well. Was she a sex, was she a sex symbol or? Yeah, certainly in the 70s. She made two movies back to back. I think they were both adapted by novels from her sister, Jackie. One was called The Bitch and one was called The Stud. Oh. And, oh my. <laughs> I actually have The Bitch on. Somewhere around here. I should watch it one of these times. It's just like British people from the 70s having sex, so I don't know how hot it's going to be. What? Uh, you, just, and then, you just like shit-canned British people then. It's British people having sex? <laughs> yeah, British people in the 70s. It's like watching Austin Powers get on it, get yeah. it on. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. There's a lot of hot British people in the uh, of, of, in every decade. What am I talking about? They're all marvellous. And then she had a bit of a comeback in the 80s when she appeared on Dynasty, or Dynasty, as our American friends call it. So, yeah, for a while there, it was like, Jeevy's John Collins, she's pretty hot. So, I don't know why I put the squeaky on. Why has she got four-year-old guy's voice? <laughs> I love John Collins. When I grow up, I'm going to marry her. Uh, but 2001 to be sort of saying, eh, Joan Collins, it's like, mm, really? I think 1986 called and it's, wants its gag back. There are, they're at the club. Burns is actually quite a good dancer. He's actually getting into it. Burns is doing a dance from the Peanuts Christmas special. Is he really? I found a gif of it and a, hold me to this, Four Finger Discount patron uh, friends and all that kind of business. I will put up, what did I say before, the Decore ad, and I also found the gif of the Peanuts dance that Burns is doing. I'm pretty sure it, I'm pretty sure it is, and I'll put that up as well. Cool. Yeah, but maybe do like a little side-by-side comparison. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, so his dance is doing really well. It's all totally voluntary. Gloria, she's, she's up for a good time. She says, you know, you, you're, pretty, you're pretty with it, Mr. Burns, considering you're an old guy, she says, Monty. He says that they're, they're very rowdy, often getting thrown out of the clubs and whatnot. And this is where we first get the glimpse that Gloria is actually falling for Burns when... Homer says, old man burns. She says, I think you mean young man burns. And Ooh. as much as I love Gloria, seeing her cuddle up to Burns was a little uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, it is a pretty big age difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're clearly revealing our prejudices, prejudices tonight, Dando. I don't think English people should have sex. You don't think old people should get romantic at all? No, not at all. Not, not allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop the fuck's wrong with you people this is where we get the uh, the hand on her knee moment which i thought was just really really great put my hand on her knee yes mr burns i said her and i said knee oh sorry homer is then carrying them to the bedroom carrying them up the stairs mr burns here i'm gonna make love to you so you forget about rudolph valentino another old reference there but good good classic okay. burns line there and then he reveals his aphrodisiac, the, uh, the pocket fox. Now, I thought you would appreciate mm. the fact that it came from a fox. You do love your fox news. I do I do love fox news. Um, I don't like that um, the pocket fox was actually driven to extinction In after what, only three a, weeks uh, or whatever. Three weeks or so. Yeah, that's a bit of a drag. But at least it was for a good cause because it does seem to put uh, some uh, rocket in your pocket, some pep in your mm. step. 
It was a really good cut, wasn't it, of Homer just going, hmm. And then it's all of a sudden just <laughs> dragging Marge up the stairs with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. I thought it was a really, really funny cut. Oh, homie, that was amazing. I hope the kids didn't hear us. Wow. No dialogue needed. It was just so, so funny. <laughs> the Bart to Lisa, and but you expect maybe Maggie. Yeah. But then for but for it to be uh, to be Ned, and the wow is and, great. And him being the wow impressed. is so. <laughs> oh, yeah, just stunned. Just yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. We all seen Flanders naked. I'm pretty sure he could deliver like that. <laughs> but now at the power plant, and Carl's going to take advantage of Mr. Burns being in a good mood. Ask for a raise. Uh, pack up your things. Oh, well, I had a good run. I had a good run. Then yeah. we get the montage of Burns and Gloria on various dates. Another great song from NRBQ here called If I Don't Have You. Is that NRBQ again? Okay. Again, yeah. This is the last well, time they, they have... appear on The Simpsons because I looked it up. So they did the one with the um, where Homer gets the motorcycle. They remember yes. the Take My Wife's Sleaze, that one. And mm-hmm. there was another song. Oh, it was the song, the episode that the you dad. loved, the Insane Clown no, Poppy. They did a song in there as well. I thought you liked it. I oh, sorry, I loved the motorbike one. You loved the Insane Clown Poppy, didn't I? Didn't you? Oh, okay. I don't know. We both we both loved it. It was just um yeah. yeah I just think NRBQ, their songs are just really uplifting. They're just sort of they're, they're perfect for little montages. I did think that was nice. I thought that yes. was well put together. Then we're at the bowling lane, and Gloria gives us her first excellent. So she's transforming into Burns, mm. and Mister Burns says him and Homer are going to go expel some urine. He tells me he's going to propose to her because he might be dead again soon. Wait, my dear. I think you'll find that Red Bull more engaging. Hmm? <gasps> Monty, it's beautiful. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gloria, say you'll marry me. Oh, Montgomery, of course I'll marry you. I don't know. I really enjoyed. So when he gives her the gives her the ball, Homer going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" I quote <laughs> that all the time. <laughs> By the way, may may I say, as um, the resident four finger discount fashionista, that I quite liked Monty Burns's bowling alley ensemble. I thought he was quite well dressed. I liked yeah. his jumper. <laughs> I liked a lot about this episode. I, I wish it would have been funnier if one of them was wearing the pin pal shirt. <laughs> that would have been cool. You, but, you can't uh, have callbacks all the time, man. No, you can't. It gives her the ring, and she actually accepts. She's going to uh, get married to Mr. Burns. He goes to get some champagne. Nothing could spoil this. Another great cut. Snake just walking in, not even knowing where he's walking into. He's just crossing off his checklist. Bag <laughs> with money symbol, <laughs> just <laughs> gun and whatnot. Goes to the bowling alley, and the first person he sees when he walks in is Gloria. Uh, he tries to win her back immediately. Uh, just says, you know, come to my hideout. I can win you back. You'll love it. And she drops the ring when he drags her away. How good is Homer here? Stop or I'll scream. <laughs> <laughs> drags over, screams. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. And Burns, this is a really good cut to commercial as well. So Burns finds the ring and mm. thinks that she's left with Simpson. With, with I Simpson, I thought yeah. it was really, really good. It's a, it's a nice cliffhanger. What was good about this was that, you know, you had the stuff that you didn't like at the start. So it might have been at the start, but... The trend lately has been that once they get to this point in the episode, they kind of fall off a cliff. It's like they had a story and didn't really know where they were going with it. 
But this one had a fully fleshed out story. Once the story starts with Burns and Gloria, like this final yeah. act was still really enjoyable. It's a really good, a really good cut to commercial because it makes you want to stick around and find out what's going to happen next. Yeah. yeah. We come back and Homer is trying to escape. So he pulls up at his house. And says, this is my stop. Nope, you're staying in the car. <laughs> Gloria reveals to Snake that it's actually Burns. Is that the boyfriend? He can't believe it. Oh, you're dead in that old trailer bait. And it's great though. I'm going to pistol whip all night. Homer, mm, pistol whip. <laughs> then we get the news report first of all discussing the killer bees that will be fine if you leave them alone then we chat to Mr Burns live from the bowling alley and uh, he's just devastated isn't he can't believe it oh god yeah Yeah. as he would be I mean you've sort of not reached the apex of your romantic involvement but you know a pivotal moment in it and all of a sudden you think the love of your life has exited with your wingman that would totally suck it's a great setup where he sort of says something along the lines of I was here with my hot young fiance and my virile best friend. How could this possibly have happened? <laughs> we then arrive at Snake's hideout and you'll notice on the letterbox it says Jailbird in brackets because that's what Snake. he was originally called. He was just called Jailbird and they gave him a, a name Snake later on. By the way, the, I think this is probably the most Snake that I've heard in an episode. I mean, I'm sure there are- You went around for the episode where Burn, uh, Homer steals his car, were you? That was Mitch. So, you know where he goes, mm-hmm. premium, dude, premium. So, he plays... I think he's, he has more of a role in this one, but he does have a pretty big yeah. role in that episode as well. It's Realty Bites. It's the last episode with, uh, with Phil Hartman, actually, that one. But it's when oh, okay. Homer gets... He doesn't steal his car. He buys his car from the police auction at the prison. So he plays a bit of a role in that one as well. But yeah, this it's the, you sort of feel like you're getting full chunks of dialogue from Snake for, for the first time, doesn't it? You're getting a whole lot of Snake. Yeah. Which is <laughs> never a bad something thing. I say occasionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so they arrive at the hideout, like I said. Who you got to kill? To get a house like this, I think his name was Gustafson or something along those lines. That was going to be a trivia question as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Homer then asked for a foot massage, beats him up. Gloria's not impressed because back in the day she was impressed by... uh, uh, What do you think the backstory was here? Do you think Gloria was a go-nowhere, just tag along with Snake, Snake gets in trouble, gets sent to prison, and she gets on the straight and narrow and becomes a cop? Do you think that's the backstory there? I honestly think it was one of those sort of forbidden romance things where, you know, she was always a law enforcement. Because what, is she a cop or is she a, or is she a traffic, um, that's a good is she point. an actual traffic yeah. cop or a parking inspector? Maybe just a parking inspector, you're right, yeah, I'm not too sure. Well, he does say So officer. I think, you know, she's got, the, she's got the two halves of her nature constantly sort of wrestling yeah. you know she she wants to enforce the law and make sure people are parking properly not in the middle of the street but at the same time she's she's drawn to the bad boy and and indeed the truly evil boy in monty burns i guess they never um that's a good point actually yeah i never really saw it like that way she was attracted to burns as well and he was i don't know he was being nice but he still is evil in the court to the court you can't disguise that that level of evil well, for well that, that's what attracts her to him in the first place isn't it the fact that Homer reels off all these bad things that he did. He blocked yeah. out the sun and things like that. And she's like, oh, that was you? And that's what makes yeah. her want to go on the date with him. So, yeah, I didn't really sort of notice that little little hint there by Swartzwelder. But the her being an officer, I guess she's not really a cop because if she was, you would have had Wiggerman that mentioned that, you know, one of our own is in that house. They never sort of say that, do they? Ah. It's just they're just there because she's mm. been kidnapped. That's all. They're not there because yeah. it's a cop. So, anyway, so the Homer tries to escape by using the fire, sets the uh, house on fire, and then this is where shit just gets, it just goes crazy now, doesn't it? So, oh, actually, before that, though, we have Wiggum arriving. I think it's Lou with the, through the, the scope at first. You can see Homer. 
I got a good. I shot. believe so. I got a good shot at him. He's strapped to a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then Lisa says that means he's a prisoner. I'm like, how did Lisa get there? That's a good point. Ah, uh, because she knew that he was there with Burns. She saw the news report and then she raced. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway, so this is where Homer sets the house on fire. They get out. Snake and Homer escape, but Gloria's left behind. And Burns gets his genuine hero moment. And goes in there to save her. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, he does get a decent offer from Clancy. Well, I got a sister you might like. Uh, you know, she's hairless like one of them cats. <laughs> oh, Monty, you saved me. And to think I was once in love with that dirty lowlife with his arrogant smirk, gutter mouth, tough guy attitude, macho tattoos, hair that can't be tamed, prison sculpted body... Uh-oh. I'm sorry, Monty. Oh, Snake, don't ever change. It's a list of virtues that is hard to deny. In all yes, yeah, they're very true. But I just got here in brackets. You fool! <laughs> what are you doing? You got all the money in the world here with Burns. Anyway, um, but Burns... would have kicked to... off pretty soon. That's true. Burns tries to explain that, no, I'm a bad boy. I, I really liked the... And a lot of episodes actually end like this now as well, where it's just... You can imagine that it was just improv they're like, all right, Dan and Harry, just go have a conversation. And mm. the family are walking off with Burns and they're discussing the various devil beards and Von Dykes and things like that. Also, yeah, an important distinction between the goatee and the Van Dyke mm. because people tend to think the goatee is involves the moustache and the beard. No, a, uh, a goatee is just the beard. Ah. A Van Dyke is when you have the moustache and the beard. I want the Stokos, Steve Austin kind of thing. Yeah? It's what I've got. Yeah. And also what Stone... Yeah, it's two things that Stone, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and I have in common. <laughs> well, actually three. The bald head, the cool facial hair, and the unbeatable strength. The ability to open up a can of whoop-ass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've got, a, I've, got a, I've got a whole fridge full of whoop-ass. Davis316 says, I just whooped your ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, three things are going up on the patrons page. Hmm. Ton- uh, tonight, there will be the Decoray ad. The Peanuts Dance GIF and mm. a nifty chart that I found explaining facial various facial hair configurations. Cool. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you do it. You've said it. You have to do it now. Eh, I don't know, man. I say a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all in all, I re- I personally really, really enjoyed Hunk Hunk of Burns and Love. I, maybe my standards have been lowered to the point that this isn't that great, but I just thought this was honestly one of my favorite Mr. Burns episodes in a long time. I just thought right. I, I just really loved the fact that we didn't get the cliche Mr. Burns turning evil by the end again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he was just it was just good throughout the whole episode, and I just yeah. I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, right. yourself. Well, the the more we've talked about it, the more I realised. Yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with this episode. Yes, you brought me around, Dando. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Look, the the lesson from this is, is very very simple. Don't if you if you are looking for life advice. Don't trust fortune cookies like some superstitious savage. Uh, just use your horoscope like, like a civilized person. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever read a horoscope and believed it? Um, no, not really. No. Because, I mean, well, they're all they're all so vague though that they could yes. they could just be true anyway. You know, it's just like oh, yeah. today the sun will shine on you. <laughs> yeah, it's very much home as uh, fortune cookie things. It's yeah. Like, oh wow, that did happen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I learnt that uh, all the money in the world just simply cannot compete with a prison sculpted body. <laughs> From this day forward, your names will be. 
All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time for your new names. The Guy Davis New Name Championship. Shall I read out the current leaderboard? Yes, you should. <laughs> In third position, <laughs> on a point each, we have Talia Enriquez and Mark Boston Burgess. In second position, equal on two points, we have Stephen Roberts and Henrik Vinterland. And we have a four-way in first position at the moment, all on wow. three points. Garode Harahill, action. Phil Hawkins, Keith Nedham, and Andrew Palakati. So, all right, what have we got this week? Okay, let's go directly to gold, silver, and bronze, shall all we? All right, let's do it. Okay, one point mm-hmm. to Mark Boston Burgess. Ooh, Sorry, Mark Burgess moves up to equal second. I keep trying to do Boston, and I keep ending up in New Jersey. Sorry, my <laughs> accent's all over. It's Boston. But anyway, um, Mark Boston Burgess gave us Inglorias Bastard. Mm, pretty good, yeah. Uh, that was all right. Thought he did okay. Who's the one. bastard in this equation? Do you think Snake? Mm, actually, that's a very good point. Yes. yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> Two points. <laughs> Two points. I believe this is a uh, new face in the neighbourhood. Mm. Forgive me, Nora, if I mispronounce your surname off the bat, but I may not be 100% kosher here. It, it's Nora uh, kosher or, or kocha? K-O-C-H-E-R, correct? K-O-C-H-E-R. Kocha. Yes. I'm going to go with kocha. Gotcha, kocha. <laughs> Indeed. Who gave us love excellently. Ooh, very good. That's Nicola's favourite movie just about love, actually. Oh, my God. Really? Every Christmas. Well, look, it's a, it's a perfectly nice movie. I prefer Four Weddings and a Funeral if we're doing Richard Curtis rom-coms, but ask Nicola what she thinks of that one. Well, it's not a Christmas movie. Nicholas just a sucker for oh. Christmas movies. I think we both are. That's where we're very similar. We just okay. love Christmas time. <laughs> but who is the winner for this week? Only nine months and, yeah, nine months ago. <laughs> yeah, nine months ago, yes. But who is the winner for this week? Oh, the winner is Top Gear at Howder Hill. Ooh, Garoud, outright first position now. Our mate Top Gear gave us a couple of good ones. He, he, he always throws you know a lot in there. He's often quantity and... He's fairly frequently quality as well. Plus, he also threw in a bit of a 90-day fiancé shout-out, I think, in a blatant attempt to curry fave with That's me. That's like a bribe it, under the table, that one. It, it worked, buddy. Good one. <laughs> but two good ones that uh, Gear gave us this time around. Roger the Codger. Mm-hmm. And he also provided a very nice Urban Dictionary link to, like, just in case you don't know what rogering means, I know what rogering means, oh, no. buddy. <laughs> I, I didn't know what rogering meant until I met Nicola. She explained it to me and I went, ah. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, a, 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 good, a good rogering, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also Burns of Endearment. Burns of Endearment, Ooh, I think, was the good. one that... Very yeah. good. I think that could have actually... I like Hunker Hunker burn, Burns in Love Fine. I think it's pretty good. But Burns of Endearment, I think, would be even better. It actually is a pretty good title. I mean, I do love the Alva song, mm. like that it's taken off the Hunker Hunker Burns in Love, but Burning Love. But yeah, Burns of Endearment's actually like... Yeah, that's legit. That's that's really yeah. well played, Garode. Yeah. It, it it truly is one of Elvis Costello's best songs. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. Uh, the other albums. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Alrighty, so that is the new names for this week. So the current leaderboard now stands at this. Uh, Talia Enriquez has been knocked out of the top three. She's down one point in fourth position. We have Stephen Roberts, Henrik Vintelin, Mark Boston Burgess, and Nora Kocha all on two points in third position. Andrew Palicati, Keith Nedham, and Philip Hawkins all on three in second position. And our man on top of the hill, Garode Harahill, on <laughs> six points. All right, Mr. Davis, now it's time we head over to our Twitter page. Don't forget to follow us, guys, at Four Finger Pod. I'm going to pick out some of our favorites here. Let's pick out a couple. What have I got here? Oh, I don't mind this one. At 
Citadel Jack 46 at Pink Polo Pete <laughs> says Monty and the Python. The Python being it's the snake. So Monty and the Python, not bad there. Uh, one more. Let's pick one more here. I actually like this one a lot. So this is from at Jake Walsh 95. I've got to sing this one. So it's, and she saw Snake's face. Now she's a Burns Lever. Very good, Jake. Very, very well played. Let's head over to the Instagram page now at Four Finger Discount. Make sure you follow us on there as well for not just uh, the chance to comment your new name and get it onto the show, but also check out some new memes and just regular show updates that you may not see anywhere else. We may have them exclusively on Twitter and Instagram. So make sure you follow us on there. So what have we got from our Instagram followers? Ooh, so at 42 Black with the goods this week, we've got Misfortune Favors the Burns. The Snake's X Burns Demption. It's a bit of a tongue twister, but very, very good. You've got all the names in there. Uh, and nobody puts Smithers in the corner. Also here we've got from at Bethany CX underscore, she says heart burns. Pretty good. And finally here from at Death Cab Forky 1E. <laughs> it's a very random name. They say snakes on a dame. So thank you so much, guys, to our followers on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at Four Finger Pod on Twitter and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. Like I said, we're going to be posting up uh, regular polls up on those pages as well as exclusive podcast content that you won't find anywhere else. So make sure you follow us Instagram and Twitter for some daily Four Finger Discount fun. Javale! Javale is here! All right, it is now mailbag time. For a hunk of, hunk of burns and love, we already have a few questions here from our man Noah Daniel, who, by the way, our new one hundred dollar patron, Noah Daniel, what an absolute champion! <laughs> Wait a minute, do we have one hundred dollar patrons? Tell me yeah, what that Mr. entails, Mister Noah Daniel. No, it happens very rarely, but if they're a one hundred dollar patron, they get to choose any episode of anything for us to review. Has Noah chosen anything yet? Not just yet, no. He only, he only signed up this week so to be a $100 patron, so we shall find out. We've had plenty of suggestions from fellow patrons, but Noah's our fellow groundskeeper. But he sent in this question for us. He says, what celebrity would you want to have a fling with? You'd be Emma Stone, right? I would be, but the, the fact of it is, well, first of all, she's hooked up now. I think she's actually married and having a kid. Uh, and I couldn't no, break up a happy home now, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I have no qualms about that whatsoever. Emma, call me maybe, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> This is a really what about what about one. Zoe Zoe Deschanel? Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm really in position to say uh, I guess Zoe. I feel Deschanel. I feel like we should avoid this question. It was just going to make us sound seedy and creepy and judgmental. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to find someone age appropriate and all that kind of business. Uh, we'll come back. To, we'll come back to you, Noah. <laughs> we'll come back to you on that one, Noah. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, I think absolutely. I mean, oh, she uh, seems like an absolute legend. Yeah. Yeah, what about yeah. what about Julia Louis Dreyfus? I was about to say, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, still just kicking goals, uh, uh, even at, in the guy sort of adjacent age. So yeah, Neil Parks into this question. He says, until the end credits, he didn't realize this was Julia Louis Dreyfus as Gloria. Which guest stars that could have been great were the biggest waste of potential in your opinion? Well, I don't think this was a waste of potential. I think this was a good guest appearance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just character work. I mean, it's not. Uh, her sort of it, it, it's and it's a part that's kind of integral to the story as opposed to like a scene stealing uh, cameo yeah cameo so yeah I think it's just good acting work but I don't think it's a waste at all for that for that excellent alone I think it's uh, I think she earned her paycheck and then some yeah definitely Andrew Palicati says are you bigger fans of Julia Louis Dreyfus as Elaine in Seinfeld or as Selena in Veep I'm behind I, on my Veep viewing Veep, but Veep's good stuff I mean I've enjoyed what I've seen of it. Unfortunately, it's that kind of that thing where it's like, oh, there's so much in the queue. 
I know this is waiting. I'll get back to Veep eventually. But I've seen about like three seasons worth of it and enjoyed it very much. I think Amanda. Is it, is it a drama or comedy? Oh, no, it's a comedy. It's a straight-up comedy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's basically like the West Wing, but for real, because everyone in it is just, you know, dreadful, ambitious, uh, backbiting, incompetent. It's the ugly truth about politics, but very, very funny. So Veep is what it is. West Wing is what it should be. Yeah, an idealised version of it, certainly. Yeah. But, uh, and the guy who created Veep or co-created this guy, Armando Iannucci, is one of the funniest human beings on the planet. So, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Veep, but, I mean... I. I think Seinfeld is probably where my JLD infatuation began. So I'm going to go with Elaine. Yeah, Elaine for me as well. She just, yeah. she's more, uh, so I haven't seen Viv, I've only seen certain clips, but I feel like she's more normal and down to earth. Maybe it's just because the role she's playing, like Elaine compared to like her role in Veep. But I just think that she's more, more common in Elaine, which makes her more relatable mm. for me. I get you. Yeah. All right, one more question here. This one comes from... Let's go with Brian Hughes. What's he saying? Hughesy! Is Snake Jailbird the laziest Simpsons character name and why? I don't think it is. I think, well, J- Jailbird was what he was called in the script because he didn't have a name. He wasn't going to come back. He was just called Jailbird yeah. because he was a jailbird. Jailbird's not his, it's not his surname. No, no. Jailbird was just the name he was yeah. originally given. But I think the yeah. laziest name is probably that squeaky voice teen. <laughs> like, he doesn't even have a name. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the more you think about it, it's like, even the nickname that you give him as opposed to Squeaky Voice Teen, I mean, you could give him like Tough Puberty Guy or something, or uh, I don't know. I'm trying to come up with something on the top of my head and just failing miserably, so, but... uh, What what about Bumblebee Man? (laughs) Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, there's also, there's a you might not remember this guy, but it's from an earlier season where uh, Flanders is running the Leftorium, and people are coming to his store not to buy things, but just to get their parking ticket stamped. Oh, yeah. And there's a guy who just goes, just stamp the ticket. So he's called, just stamp the ticket guy. <laughs> uh, but then it's the mailbag for A Hunker Hunker Burns in Love. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing an episode which I know you are going to hate, Mr. Davis. It's called The Blunder Years. I don't think you're going to like this. It's just, yeah, from memory, it's not a very... I don't want to spoil anything. I just have, I just have this vision of you being very Simpson Safari next week. <laughs> oh, okay then. Well, there are people out there who apparently appreciate that. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I pointed out to the to the patrons this week, I did a bit of a Zoom call with them. I just said, look, with these episodes, my first thing is to try and find the positives. And then it's important that we also critique what needs to be critiqued. We can't just pretend that the bad stuff isn't there. Because as a Simpsons fan, like with this podcast... I'm assuming you're not going to be listening to a Simpsons podcast to hear people shit on The Simpsons. So I'm going to do my best not to shit on the episodes, particularly like, for example, with Home of the Mo. What we did there was that we, we found what we liked and we sort of gave our opinion on what they could have done to have improved it, as opposed to just saying, yeah. this was a bad episode, you know? Yeah. But the blunder years, I remember just not being very good, but I could be pleasantly surprised. So if I go with such low expectations, maybe I will like it. Yeah, well... Look, to quote a song title that Mr. Burns would probably, you know, cut a rug to, you've got to accentuate the positive. That is definitely true, yes. Yeah. So uh, we, we try to do that on Four Finger Disc but look, occasionally something's going to suck. And when it sucks, you know, you've got to kick the crap out of it. That's just the way the universe works. 
So I hope you enjoyed our review, as I said, of Hunk Hunk of Bones and Love. Thank you to everybody who has rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store this week. If you haven't done so, just take a couple of moments. If you could do it, we'd really appreciate it. Give us five stars and let us know what you like about the show. As I mentioned earlier, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FourFingerPod and follow us on the Instagram at FourFingerDiscount as well. We'd really love to see the followers boost up there as well. We just ticked over 3,000 followers on Twitter. So wow. what I'm going to be doing, by the way, guys, is every day now on the Facebook page, on Instagram, and on Twitter, I'm going to be putting up a poll. Just a bit of fun, just a, a Simpsons-related poll, and the same question on each format. And uh, just a, today's one was, who would you rather share a beer with, Lenny or Carl? That's what I threw out there, and people are having a lot of fun with it. So what about you, Mr. Davis? Who would you rather have a beer with, Lenny or Carl? Can I say both? No, you cannot say both. <laughs> then... Checks hand, Lenny equals white, Carl equals black. <laughs> Carl. I think I think I would have more fun chatting with Lenny. I think Lenny would be up for more. I think Carl, I think, I, would... He seems really intellectual, but I just think Lenny would be more relaxed and down to earth and up for a good time. If I was in the mood for that, then I'd go out with Carl. Uh, if I wanted to have a bit of an ego boost and feel like the alpha male in the room, Lenny. Yes, but a lot of people are just commenting, Nah, Lenny! <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, Simpsons related polls uh, Monday through Friday on our Instagram, Facebook and uh, Twitter as well so don't forget to follow us on all the channels and just subscribe to the channel if you have friends who love the Simpsons make sure that you share the show with them let them know that the show exists and we can hopefully entertain them as well and also if you're not following us on YouTube make sure you do so because now you can watch the show uh, not live but uh, (laughs) Mr. Davis looks a bit bit, uh, concerned about that but you can watch us doing the show each week now on YouTube so he's going to go to youtube.com slash TV, and you can find us on there as well but for now Mr. Davis this has been a hunk of hunk of burns and love but do you have any final words for our amazing listeners Four Finger Discount is hot 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 <laughs> shh